You've seen our research on social media. Now join us as we dive deeper into the public health topics of our time, featuring new studies and findings generated by our faculty and researchers committed to advancing health equity. From the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at Keck School of Medicine of USC, this is Preventive Pros, the podcast. My name is Alyssa Harlow. I'm a postdoctoral scholar in the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences. My research focuses on understanding the determinants and the consequences of drug use among youth and adult populations in the United States, with a particular emphasis on novel alternative nicotine products like e-cigarettes and oral nicotine. Most of my research to date has been related to understanding teen nicotine use and specifically e-cigarettes. There are a number of factors um, that make e-cigarettes and vaping appealing to youth. Um, E-cigarettes are highly discreet. They come in a lot of sweet flavors. Um, Brands have engaged in widespread marketing and digital media campaigns. But recently, we started to see a new product emerge on the market. And these are oral nicotine products that are advertised as being tobacco-free. And these products have a lot of the same attributes um, that were largely considered to have contributed to the rise in youth vaping and then the subsequent youth vaping epidemic. Um, These new products oftentimes resemble candy. They come in a lot of sweet flavors. Uh, The brands are engaging in really widespread digital media campaigns and specifically social media campaigns. Um, So examples of these products include nicotine chewing gums, Uh, nicotine lozenges, gummies, mints, um, and and those types of products. And so these products got our attention um, because they shared a lot of the same attributes as e-cigarettes. But currently, there's really not a lot of data out there on whether youth are actually using these new oral nicotine products. And so in this study, um, we wanted to see Um, how prevalent or how common use of these products are among a sample of high school students in Southern California and compare how common oral nicotine product use was to all other nicotine products like e-cigarettes and uh, cigarettes and hookah and so on. So we should be concerned about youth using these new oral nicotine products because these products contain a very high concentration of nicotine, And nicotine is harmful for the developing brain. It can cause issues with attention, memory, and development. Nicotine use among youth is also concerning because youth who use one type of nicotine product are often more likely to then go on to use other types of nicotine products, um, such as cigarettes, which we know are the leading preventable cause of death and disease in the United States. Um, and so we worry that you know, teens who may use one uh, highly concentrated type of nicotine product may develop lifelong dependence to nicotine. So in our study, not only did we find that these new oral nicotine products were the second most common nicotine product used in our sample, we also found that prevalence was elevated for certain populations of youth in our sample. So for example, use was higher in Hispanic youth, female youth, and LGBTQ plus youth. Right now, it's hard to know why certain subpopulations are more likely to 
are more likely to use these oral nicotine products. Um, disparities in tobacco use are, are quite common, uh, and the, the reasons contributing to that are multifactorial. We definitely need more research to better understand why certain groups of teens are more likely to use these products. So some people might be wondering, are these products even legal? How are they on the market? How are they regulated? Well, all nicotine and tobacco products are regulated by the FDA, and any new tobacco product that entered the market on or after February 15th, 2007, um, have to submit what are called pre-market authorization applications to the FDA to be legally marketed in the United States. So this means that unless a new tobacco product like these oral nicotine products or all e-cigarettes have received authorization from the FDA, all of these products are technically on the market illegally. So our work on oral nicotine products has had some pretty big impact in the policy world. After our study was published in the journal Pediatrics, the FDA actually cited our study in a warning letter to the nicotine gummy brand Crave. Um, Crave was selling their nicotine gummies illicitly um, because they had not submitted an application to the FDA. And shortly after the FDA's warning letter, the nicotine gummies by Crave were discontinued and taken off the market. So research on oral nicotine products is, is really new, and so an important next step in this area is to conduct surveillance on a national level. Um, so for example, national surveys currently do not include measures for some of the newer oral nicotine products like nicotine gums. Um, and so understanding use on a national level will help us understand better what the public health implications are of these products. It may be important for other research to try to identify whether there are specific attributes of the products that may contributing to youth or teen use. So for example, whether there are certain flavors or marketing approaches uh, that are increasing teen appeal or teen use of these products. Preventive Pros, the podcast, is produced by the Department of Population and Public Health Sciences at Keck School of Medicine of USC. To learn more about any of our episodes or to subscribe to our monthly Preventive Dose newsletter featuring the latest in public health research and news, visit pphs.usc.edu forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Everybody.